Hey loves, welcome back to Diary of the Devoted. This is Justine, your host of this show. So today I'm here with Rue, the founder of Nutritional Behavioral Therapy and also a dear friend of mine. Today's very special. How are you, Rue? I am doing great. I'm so glad to be here. Yay, I'm so glad that you're here as well. You know, I'm always trying to just push creative barriers. So I just know that this is bringing a lot of newness and magic because highlighting your artistry is what we're here to do today. So I'm very excited. Oh, I'm Are you ready? Are you ready for the first piece? I am ready. Um, so the first piece that I'm going to share, I guess I'll share some background. Um, it's called Questions. And I wrote this in a very like in a stage in my life where I, I guess I just had a lot of questions and didn't really have a lot of answers to them. So I was kind of just like reminiscing on it. I wrote this on the beach um, in Santa Cruz and the ocean just seems to kind of do something, you know, it opens you up yeah. and the writing just, I wrote this poem probably in about 10 minutes. Um, it kind yeah. of just flowed out of me is super super like it came out so easily um mm -hmm. and it's actually one of my favorite pieces so that I've ever read <laughs> exciting okay so questions here we go sometimes you don't have the answers to the deepest parts of you going in and cleaning the wound can be more painful than the wound itself too what if your body flares and you don't know if what bit you was a snake or a bear? What if you never knew the way your heart could be so true? What if you were the only one that believed in you? Wow. Could you somehow make it through? Do heartless people bleed too? Are their souls colored or just see-through? When they cry, does only water run through? If your hands could tell the truth, would they talk to you? How many times does it take for you? Can you let go of poison if it was once good for you? How can poison get bad for you if it was at one time, it was the only thing that was saving you? If you run fast enough, can bad thoughts run from you? Can you scare the things that once scared you? If people didn't have a soul, could you open their chest and blow into? How can you heal a hole that they never gave you? Forgiveness is the art of saying, thank you for lying to me. I appreciate you. And for your lies, I love you. I know because you're see-through. <laughs> wow that is good no that is so good wow I love that it felt like your questions I mean I feel like I felt like they had answers like in the beginning you said these questions and um, sometimes you don't have the answer to but it felt like you already knew deep down yeah. <laughs> what what were you flowing through at that time like is that the beach was it morning was it sunset were you like reflective? What was flowing through you at the time? 
Um, def it was during sunset. I was before I went to the beach. I had like a very chaotic day, and um, I didn't want to like do anything. I felt like really like overwhelmed. I honestly didn't, and I felt like I was gonna like kind of fall into a pit of just not feeling good. And I made myself go to the beach. So like I drove there. I was in a bad mood already. But I was like, I should just go. You should just go and like try to do something instead of just like sitting here mm -hmm. or laying there. And then I like did that for sun. It was around, it was for sunset. Wow. I felt like, I think that's, it's always the best moments when you like force yourself to do things and then, or like just to get out there and just to do the thing. And then afterwards you're like, wow, so much moved through after. But I felt like that poem was, almost like teaching me more about humanity and like the tenderness of it that felt like what does see-through mean to you the last line um see-through is kind of like people who wear a lot of masks but they think that they're you know no one can really see them mm. um and they might be hurtful um and in reality, everyone sees who they really are and sees <laughs> why they do the things they do. And yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of from that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like you can't hide basically. Yeah. Like, yeah, no like, a, yeah, like a narcissist or, or someone who like thinks they are really good at like putting on a facade and an image and they like you know have this like attitude and in reality everyone really sees them and they mm -hmm. really see who they are and um to to look at someone who like likes to be covered a lot and hide a lot behind a lot of things and mm -hmm. just tell them that they're see-through is very powerful you know because yeah. that's what they don't <laughs> they don't want is to be yeah right yeah, yeah absolutely wow and I feel like that goes back to one of the lines that you said your heart does their heart bleed too mm -hmm. or something like that right what is that what you kind of meant by all of that like do they feel the hurt too or or do they feel hurt by what they're doing or what did you yeah did I you think mean? I think that line was more to like provoke like a reaction you know mm -hmm. um a lot of like people or narcissists don't feel like they can't be loved if they're seen for who they really are and so they always feel like they need to have an act up mm -hmm. or a mask up and so it's more to kind of like and all of us have narcissistic tendencies I'm sure everyone has a a belief some somewhere deep down that if they are who they are then no one's gonna love them mm -hmm. and it's kind of to provoke like kind of like a defensive reaction out of mm -hmm. people so like what do you no of course everyone bleeds you know you're, everyone has emotions um but sometimes when you deal with like very cruel people you wonder if they like yeah you know do they do they know about <laughs> feeling you feel you feel because I feel all of this right yeah yeah, yeah that 
yeah, once again, just touches on humanity. I would love to hear it again if you'd like to share. I'd love to hear it again. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll, re I'll reread it. Yeah. Um, question. Sometimes you don't have the answers to the deepest parts of you. Going in and cleaning the wound can be more painful than the wound itself too. What if your body flares and you don't know if what bit you was a snake or a bear? What if you never knew the way your heart could be so true? What if you were the only one that believed in you? Could you somehow make it through? Do heartless people bleed too? Are their souls colored or just see-through? When they cry, does only water run through? If your hands could tell the truth, would they speak to you? How many times does it take for you? Can you let go of poison if it was once good for you? How can poison get bad for you if it was at one time the only thing that was saving you? If you run fast enough, can, can bad thoughts run from you? Can you scare the things that once scared you? If people didn't have a soul, could you open their chest and blow into? Mm. How can you heal a hole that they never gave you? Forgiveness is the art of saying, thank you for lying to me. I appreciate you. And for your lies, I love you. I know because you're see-through. Mm. So good. I love that it just feels like something's being exposed. <laughs> and yeah, that's what it just feels like. It's very good. I feel like I lastly want to ask you if, or just how do you feel I guess when you read it, how do you feel about it right now or that season of your life or that particular person or just whatever you felt at the time creating that? Yeah. Like what got moved through you? Yeah, I think like one of the things that I was experiencing when I wrote that and I experienced as well, like now from time to time is like there is this fear of becoming like if you, you know, if, if you have gone through a traumatic situation or went through an abusive situation with someone, like becoming an abuser yourself, you know, there's always this fear that you will be just as bad as that person. And I think in this poem, what's happening is like, there's a dilemma in my mind that was happening at the time of like, am I that, you know? You know, sometimes you point fingers at, at people or at the abuser. And when you realize what they did to you, you start to question if you could be just as bad for, you know, <laughs> Royal. I apologize. Not good. <laughs> Not, no barking. She's actually really protective. She hears something, she will go, go off. But um, I think like, yeah, there's this idea that you could be like, you, there's this fear, I think, like, well, especially if they're like family or someone that you were really close to. I think when you begin to be go into like your self-awareness mm -hmm. and truly understand like what right or wrong is, 
Mm. And like, sometimes you learn that the things you thought or were taught were right are actually wrong. And you start to come into yourself and form your own ideologies and not be like bound by culture or bound by tradition or bound by community. It's almost like a, honestly, it's like being like in a cult or being like, kind of like, yeah, uh, like you're kind of enslaved to these thoughts of how you're programmed. And when you start to like have, create your own programming, um, you know, like there's a little bit of a dilemma that kind of happens. Um, I feel like with that, as far as like, you're leaving everything that you ever knew. And I think there's like a fear, like, will I ever be like this person? Will I ever, will Mm -hmm. I like, is this like innate, you know, because you become the bad person. Um, and, and it's like a foreign, foreign territory. And so, you know, you have to really understand that you have to really be able to like reprogram yourself and believe that you are a good person. And, um, there has to be this like deep knowing within yourself that because you are changing and you are understanding what's right or wrong, that there's no way that that could be you. You know, but there's this idea that if you leave the group, then you're going to do A, B, C, and D, you know, and like you're destined for a specific doom. And so it's having this, like, I think like realization in this poem, as I read it the second time that I think there's like, you know, people choose like different paths. Yeah. People like choose to stay, see through forever and they choose to like never deal with their trauma never like heal their wounds and you wonder if they feel anything because they actually choose not to feel you know Mm -hmm. I think feeling is a feeling is a choice and I think in the beginning when I asked when I said like cleaning the wound can be more painful you know I was explaining I it's it's this poem has a lot of compassion for the people who choose to never heal yeah you know it's about having compassion because I think for a long time before I wrote this it was the emotion I had for people who chose not to heal was primarily anger and judgment Mm. you know but I think poem is like learning to have compassion for people who choose not to heal because it's understandable of how like when you start cleaning a wound like that shock and that pain and that realization it's it's really hard to go through that and a lot of people choose to never want to go through that Um, but it's like it's also highlighting the strength in like the people who do choose to go through that you know and go through that experience and so um that's kind of, I, I think the emotions that I was, I was feeling at the time, I was probably like dealing with a little bit of like, um, I don't, I don't think confusion is the right word. It's probably like feeling like pulled in two mm-hmm. different directions, you know, mm-hmm. um, trying to figure out who I am, trying to understand, like, you know, if I, will I turn into my, you know, could I, you know, is this in my blood to just be a bad person and not deal with my trauma? Am I even strong enough? 
And mm. I think like poem reminds me of why I want to deal with my trauma because I myself never want to be a see-through person. I never want to be a person who like hides in plain sight. I think people yeah. who, there's a plenty of people who go through traumatic things and they hide in plain sight. You know, they make poor decisions for their life and like everyone knows <laughs> what's, oh, this person had a hard child or this person. Yeah. And, but in the outside, they seem like tough and, you know, and it's like, you're hiding in plain sight. Everyone knows that you're not tough. Everyone knows that you're making poor choices because you had a poor childhood. And so um, they're very see-through. I think it's it's cool that my goal is to become a person who is very mysterious and private and hidden. And that's because of <laughs> the healing I've done. So my choices are gonna be so good and so powerful that you would never know that I come from where I come from so mm. that's the goal <laughs> you know <laughs> I don't want to hide in plain sight and mm. everyone you know I think a lot of people hide in plain sight and the society structured that way it's like for people to to hide in plain sight it's pretty easy to see that psychology of it and stuff <laughs> yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing. It's almost like just rise higher or stay the same or stay stagnant. Um, expose yourself and be real and be you um, or be the better version of yourself or stay the same and hide and go down the same type of rabbit holes. But I think yeah. that's good. I think it's really good. And I love that it touches on the compassion of, I think it's just different types of people and humanity, but I mean, I think we're all just so complex and we all come with our own um, pieces of ourselves that are messy, but also a masterpiece in a way, yeah. you know? So I think it's beautiful to reflect on that. Thank you. For yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. It's a big deal. I think for me, compassion for like people who are abusive is very hard. I have a very hard time being compassionate. I have a hard time being compassionate to like, to, to that. And I think it's because I'm probably not as compassionate toward myself, you know? Yeah. So, but um, it's not about like, it's, it's, I think it's about like being better than the day before than trying to be perfect all the time, you know? Mm. So it's yeah. really great. Compassion is, it is powerful. I think when you heal enough to the point where you are able to understand someone and, you know, like structure yourself in a way where you can feel sorry for them instead of feel mad at them. Yeah. When you can feel sorry for someone who you thought was bigger than you or more powerful than you. And instead of feeling, oh, they did this. You, when you feel, you feel sorry for people who are for lack of a better term, beneath you or a step down from you. So like homeless yeah. people, people who might not have what you have. But I think when you can get to a point to like, I feel like for me, like when I get to a point where I can be compassionate for someone who did something, that's when I know I've reached a point of like, they have no control over me. I now see them as no longer a threat or no longer something scary. Um, and so like, yeah. that is truly like when the tables flip type of deal yeah. and you are like flowing and 
growing and flourishing and you're able to just see, see look at them with a compassionate lens instead and that's really powerful i think to, to get to that point <laughs> i pray i continue to get to that point because yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely yeah. just to zoom out and yeah progress not perfection progress not perfection <laughs> i try to remind myself but yeah are you ready for the next piece that you'd like to share yes i am ready Let's do it. Okay. Royal, stop working. I am so sorry about that. Okay. Do you want me to? She is like. One of the things about having a dog is that they are annoying. <laughs> She's actually not even supposed to be here, but I had a last minute emergency from her. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I'm gonna do, there's one called repentance again. And if you want me to share more, I have a few more. Okay. And then it's called repentance again. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I'm excited. Repentance, repetition, repentance. Feels like some moments you forget where you come from. How everything seems so much easier and you lose sight of where you come from. Just always remember to stay grateful, stay gracious, find your pattern and stick to it. Remember all the things that saved you. They actually never left you. Keep with them, stick by them. Like the way someone who loves you does. Prioritize yourself like you do right now. Choose yourself again and again and again, even on the days where it feels exhausting where loving you seems so tiring. Love yourself, love yourself. Create a safety for yourself you already have. So just keep it, hold on to it and don't let go of it. Don't forget to keep your mind safe. God is already keeping your body safe. Remember he's with you. You have to love yourself too. You're safe already. Just keep yourself in situations that remind you of that safety. Keep yourself in situations that make you feel like you're you're right that that keep you feel like that you are regulated for days, your healthy life, and be patient. Your healthy addictions will take time, but they will happen. And everything will make sense. Be patient, treat yourself like you're your best patient. Mm, that's good. That's good. Wow, I like I like how there's a shift to it from the beginning to the end. In the beginning, what does like repentance or what are you repenting from at the time? Would you say? Um, repenting from making unloving choices for myself. You know, um, for me, I will say like in my dating life, I haven't made the best choices. Um. And I think the repentance is from letting someone treat me uh, in a bad way. Mm. So I'm repenting. I'm apologizing to myself. Mm. Um, and I'm also noticing the pattern in myself of allowing this treatment. Mm. And when I wrote this poem, 
I think I had a lot of self anger, but I wanted it. I want, I want, I wanted to change how I handled like bad choices. You know, I think the, sometimes when you make a bad decision or you feel like, oh, I keep doing this and why, how does this keep happening? First like thing that I do, or I think most people do is like, they get mad at themselves or they avoid yeah. or they deny that there's even a problem. Some people are like, oh, it's just ha toxic. but no I I think this this was like I wanted to deal with my emotions I wanted to be present with them but I wanted them to not like overtake me and like fall into like this cycle of like how could I do you know why would like uh you know and yeah yeah, I think this is like a an apology almost or like a repentance to myself to my higher self like within myself yeah things to it yeah, that's good. That's good. I like that the first lines, I mean, it was repetitive, like repentance, like repetition, and it kept going. And I just feel like there's layers to it. Like I can see the layers to it. Um, that comes with just trying to be more intentional in life. And of course, I love that you later said like something with the mind or like protect your mind that God has you. And I think that just speaks to even when you're like forgiving yourself for the cycles that you're in, that God's like holding you like every step of the way. I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I said you protect your mind and God protects your body. Mm, I always, I always feel like with God, he's like my best friend. So I always feel like, all right, you, he gets like 90% of the work. I get 10, you know, it's like, I'm never like, I'm never like God got it all. You know, I feel like, God wants me to like, like show up to and like work to with him. And so for me, it's like, all right, I'll do 10%. Like you handled a big part. <laughs> yeah. You got me. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> Faith without action. It's like, it's dead. Right? Like we still got to like show up and like prepare ourselves or yeah. to just receive, you know? Yeah. That's what happens in our life. Yeah absolutely (laughs) (laughs) what was the shift for you in the end of that poem or like because I felt like there's a shift by the end or what did what were you moving through at the time by the end of the poem the last line of the poem um is my favorite word is addiction in the last one and patient you know like uh patient as in the medical sense of a patient like like a patient um I think because of my background and like what I work like do and what I work in you know I understand a lot about like mental health and like psychology and stuff like that and um addiction is uh seen as like a negative term Mm. you know but I know um like for people who've been through traumatic life experiences um based on statistics and everything that I've like studied and learned addiction is a real like it's 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 a daily occurrence so Mm. like there's statistically a lot of people who go through tough things they're statistically just um, have a very high likelihood of becoming addicts yeah and when I like took like an ACE test 
and like saw my own like mm. risk for addiction like my mm. own risk for certain things I was kind of like amazed and I'll never forget that um, it literally tells you like it's not saying you are going to be an addict but you know based on your life experiences certain people psychologically um, have addictive personalities and mentally have addictive personalities until they really heal and like acknowledge it mm. it's better to be aware of your weaknesses and be aware of like your trauma than to be in denial and not be aware so I think when I learned that ACE test it took a it really took a toll like it affected me so I it I knew I was more prone to addiction a lot of things made sense of why I operate the way I do mm -hmm. and I wanted to make it a point in my life to figure out how to create like similar responses in my body to drugs to things that can create that same effect for me and you know that's kind of what like how my company is also surround surrounded why like I'm so obsessed with like nutrition exercise yeah I feel that these are super healthy addictions mm. you know these are things that mm, I think are really great. important to like teach to like people who are high risk because if if we can like teach them to like how if we can create this chemical response and this dopamine in their body they naturally will just start doing that instead of like going toward other things so that was kind of like the shift with like the addiction and yeah <laughs> yeah that's good this brings a really real conversation to like to touchy topics, to be honest. So I'm really glad that you're sharing this. When did you, um, when did you create this poem? Like, what year was this? And, and everything. Like, where, where are you at the time? All that. I'm pretty sure I wrote this in um, October mm. of last year. Okay. And I was at the dog park with Royal. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah I think it was like I was hung over I was like not I was <laughs> feeling it, <laughs> was feeling yeah. it all. yeah I'd love to know how this has kind or that time period pours it like poured into what you do right now like what you're devoted to right now. And I feel like this would be a beautiful transition to the ending questions, if you'd love to share. Yeah, I like, I, I mean, I've been on like this health journey since like 2019, 2018, mm -hmm. but I would say that I fully started committing truly like heavily, like with probably like January, 20, like last year. And I made like, before that, I made a really big commitment, but the commitment was very extreme. I cut off like everything and mm. I did that for two years. It wasn't a good idea. I would not recommend it. Um, and I think when I came back in January, it was more, okay, let me be in the middle, mm. be more centered about it. And so like, I think this was like when I like, I like for about six months, I like stopped drinking. This was probably like maybe like three months in. 
soft, like going out as much. It wasn't, I didn't want to be extreme about it. Yeah. But I think this particular time before I wrote this, like around right when I was about to write it, I had like overdone it that weekend or something like I was doing pretty good in that one weekend. I kind of like overdid it. Mm. Um, And so I think that was like from that perspective of like, um, I knew I was doing really good. Mm. I saw it as repentance instead of like the the necessary to make dramatic life changes. Um, Because I knew I had been doing pretty good for like the majority, but it was, could have done better. You know, sometimes you like, you just do a little bit too much and I did a little bit too much. And I really like the end, like when I say patient, um, Mm -hmm. like being your own patient um, before you can serve others and before you can, you know, you have to be an example. I don't know, like you have to be like, you have to be, you have to be the example. And that doesn't mean you have to be there but as far as like being like being forgive forgive forgiving to yourself, yeah. you know, being loving to yourself, like how you would treat a client if they made a mistake, you know. Um, I think if you yell at someone or you know, they are gonna be further away from like moving forward. But I, but instead, if you highlight, I've been doing so good, this is great. I'm doing amazing. It's okay. I had a little slip up. Let me, let me repent about it and then move forward, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of like seeing it as like a lifelong journey instead of something where, all right, I'm going to cut this and cut this and do this. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I think there's no compassion in, in that for yourself um, Mm. to be so extreme because I don't think that I don't think that, you know, we, we as humans, like we need a balance and like, we need compassion for ourselves. Um, We need to be our biggest cheerleaders. And so I feel like I'm learning how to be that. And I think I have a very hard time. So getting better. I think this is like me. I think this was like a, a pivotal point for me because I realized like, just because I make a mistake, the world Mm. is not ending you know yeah yeah so good I love this conversation so raw I can relate to that as well Mm -hmm. um yeah growth is lifelong and I feel like when we have have this desire or like we're like devoted to making change in our life we could be like okay this isn't this it's all off you have to be perfect in this way if you fall off it's the end of the world and it's like this unnecessary pressure that I think we can so easily like put on ourselves um, so I love that, that like, you know, growth is lifelong, progress, not perfection. And then also just the repentance part. I feel like for me, when I was making just radical changes in my life, similarly, I feel like repenting, you know, was like a game changer. Like it was like a heart, like a heart surgery going on there. There was a shift and I felt like I was moving with the shift and I had to be real with like what was in front of me, what my life looked like the decisions I was making, all of that without like falling under and feeling bad because I'm like imperfect, but like using that and being like, okay, I can rise, you know, if I can change. Um, So I think repentance also with 
people's relationship with God has a lot to do with change as well. So I think that's, it's just so important to have these raw conversations about life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the cool thing is like when you, the, I think the opposing reaction as far as like repentance to like when you're not fully like changed in, in your yeah. new season is, is, is like self-hate, you know, there's, mm-hmm. like there's, you know, it's, you're either going to do self-hate or you're going to feel repentance or it's like complete denial and avoidance. Yeah. But I think the repentance one is super powerful because you are in a place where you acknowledge that you did wrong and you acknowledge that you didn't enjoy that experience as much and you are recognizing that it's not for you mm-hmm. and that's why it's not the end of the world I think when it's like self-hate it's like the end of the world because maybe you enjoyed that experience too much and you know you shouldn't mm-hmm. you know yeah it's good yeah you can't understand why you are enjoying it so much but repentance <laughs> yeah repentance is super cool it's like oh I actually like I, you know, I went back, maybe backtracked a little and I realized I don't fit anymore. This isn't fitting. And so it's a very mature approach to like a mistake. It's like, it's okay, just not fitting. And in that contrast that you have is so cool. Cause it just, you start to understand like what is for you and what isn't and, and form your own, like likes, you know, and attitudes. And it's, it's, I think it's really cool. Yeah. So good. I agree. I also loved when you said like just being your biggest cheerleader and just treating, you know, yourself the way that you would treat your clients. I think that's huge. Um, and I relate to that too. Like even when like, you know, when like there's no camera on and no one sees what you're doing. It's all about like your integral decisions and moments. I feel like in those moments, mm-hmm. I feel like, if someone was in the room watching you, seeing what you were doing, what would you do? If so, if your client was in the room watching you, seeing what you're doing, what would you do? And like moving from the intention that like, I don't know that your decisions, I mean, it creates ripples in the world and in your relationships as well. Yeah. But, yeah. You have to be, I think your most important patient, you know, like yeah. I think understanding that if you don't love yourself and you don't make yourself a priority, then you're not doing anyone any favors. You know, yeah. people know, like people can always tell, like, I think like you also feel good because you feel like what you're selling and what you're saying is real. And even if it's like, you know, you can speak from your own experience, like, hey, I'm not perfect and I'm not, I might be a little, you know, unfair, or whatever, but it's, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's the real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the real and the raw and people gotta, people gotta hear. So good. Um, so yeah, I've, you know, I've had this desire to just highlight more artists, more creatives, more lovers in, in this space. So I'm so excited that you're the first person on Diary Devoted and it's been an amazing episode, I think. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing your heart with me. I would love to know how can people get in contact with you and what are you flowing through right now that people can be a part of? um thank you for having me this I can't I have I'm so excited that I'm your first person um so if you would like to get in contact with me you can go on my Instagram um I have a personal Instagram and I have a work Instagram um my personal Instagram is just underscore r-u-e underscore and then my personal 
my business Instagram is nutritional behavioral therapy, all one word. Um, but I also have it tagged in some of my photos. So if you wanted, if you were interested in meal prep where, and you live in the Bay area, uh, feel free to reach out to that. And yeah. <laughs> Yay. Thank you so much. And I'll just include your links, um, in the show notes. And then other than that, do you have anything you last want to share about the things that you're devoted to and just life in general? Yeah, I, the only thing I want to share is, um, you know, you, you just start, like, don't ever worry about the destination. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about where, where you come from. Start with what you have, you know, Mm -hmm. sometimes going on a walk is all that you can afford. Sometimes you can't even go afford a gym membership, you know, or you can't, if you can't afford to buy certain meals, go to your school, like, um, a lot of schools like colleges have like food pantries or they have like there's food pantries almost in every city. If you slowly start to use your resources and ask for help to get mm. these things, prioritize your nutrition, prioritize your body physically, mm. um, and you'll start to feel better. Like getting some sun first thing in the morning is amazing. And um, I think as far as like prioritizing your, your mental health and, and knowing that you're never alone, you know, there are mm-hmm. always people out there who are going through what you're going through and experiencing it. Um, but you have to be your biggest advocate. You have to be your own doctor. Sometimes you have to be the one mm-hmm. to be like, today, I need to get this and this and this done for me to feel better. Yeah. Whether that's, I need to call and ask for a therapist. I need to go for a walk. We have to be the ones that make the final decisions for our life because we're the ones who are going to have to live through them yes yeah wow mic drop (laughs) no that was good that was good yes thank you so much for your time today and yeah sending you so much love (laughs) thank you